Um, so we've got um, four points, and I would like to um, uh, bring to you today the answer to all of life's problems. Okay? So today, you, by the end, you will know the answer to all of life's problems, um, I hope. It's a great ambition, but um, let's see how we go. So, this powerful passage holds keys to all the locks that you will ever need to open. Um, let's take a quick look at the background of the passage. So, it's the day of Pentecost. So, there's this noise, a violent wind. And the people there have been filled with the Holy Spirit. And they had tongues of fire resting on them. Okay, we don't know if that was a momentary thing or if they were still walking around with these tongues of fire on them. I, I probably think it was probably a momentary thing where the Holy Spirit came. We see the tongues of fire and then they're filled with the Holy Spirit and the tongues of fire probably have gone. Um, but who knows? Very exciting. Um, and then they started speaking all the other languages. Um, but there were some onlookers, we know, that didn't get the Holy Spirit. So we're assuming that it's the people who came to meet together that got filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, and so some people there are claiming that everybody else is drunk. You know, they're all having a much better time than me. They must be drunk um, because of their slightly odd behaviour. So you've got all these languages going on. You've got the power of the Holy Spirit being manifest right in front of them. And then Peter stands up to preach. As far as we know, this is him preaching his first sermon. Um, Ian will be covering the first part of it next week, and this is sort of the second part. Um, and Peter assures us that everyone who is called on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then into this part for our reading today. So, um, I suspect at this point he's preaching to anyone who will listen. Not just believers, not just people who weren't believers, but anyone that will hear him. Fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem, it says uh, a bit previously in verse 14. But we're now in verses 22 to 24, and he's telling us all about Jesus. So Peter starts with a summary of Jesus' life. This is what you know. This is the gospel. This is the good news for all. Jesus was a man that God did amazing things through. Then God gave up Jesus to the world, and we human beings killed him. But then God raised him from the dead. So this is the bare bones of what we believe. This is our creed. This is our beliefs as Christians. Jesus died for us, and then God raised him from the dead. And this is the gospel. This is the first key to everything. So the first key is always the answer to every Sunday school question. Jesus is always the answer. Jesus is death and resurrection. And then from here, Peter reminds us of Psalm 16, verses 8 to 11. And we see the answers to all the problems we ever have. Problem, being alone or lonely or being left. Well, we see the Holy Spirit has come. Peter reminds us that the Lord is always before us at our right hand. God is present with us. So here we see the first point about presence. His presence is there. So we don't need to be afraid or feel lonely because Jesus is with us. So um, it says here, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. This is God's presence that he has given to us. So at any time of the day or night, you can know that God's presence is with you. I know from speaking to people that sometimes that people, some people here have found that really helpful to know that God is with them all the time. How do we describe God's presence? 
Well, I thought about it this way. It's almost sort of poetic, but it's the armour where the bullets are fired. It's the peace when everything else is falling apart. God's presence is the strength to speak when actually what we want to do is scream. It's the breath we take when we want to die. It's the space we need when life is spinning all around us. God's presence is the voice of encouragement, of love, of affirmation, when we deserve hate, retribution and despair. God's presence reminds us of the best that we are, the person that we long to be, when our selfish desires try to bring out the worst in me. God's presence is like the cool breeze blowing through our lives when we want to give in or to give up. God's presence is the best me that I can never be without him. He is comfort in my sorrow and hope in my tomorrow. God's presence is easily invited into our hearts because we can say, come Holy Spirit. So our first point is God is with us and because of that, we will not be shaken. Verse 25 tells us, he is with us, he makes our hearts glad and rejoicing in our mouths. His presence is all we need. But not only that, he gives us more than that. So the second point is that he gives us reassurance and assurance. So up there we've got assurance up there. He gives us reassurance that we don't need to be scared of what might happen to us, either in life or in death. Um, It says, my body will also rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. This verse promises us that he will take care of us even if we die. We don't need to worry about death because God has got us. That's quite a big thing, isn't it? We don't need to worry about death because God has got us. We don't need to worry what happens at the end because God has us. This week I was reading the book of Esther um, and she was someone who knew this assurance in God. She had to go and face the king, even though stepping into his presence could be a death sentence for her. And she bravely says, if I perish, I perish. And that's just stayed with me all of this week. If I perish, I perish. She went in to see the king with the assurance that, that saving her people was more important than her own life and that God would take care of her. Now, um, a story from fairly locally, um, a local vicar colleague um, called uh, Reverend Mike Kane, he's the lead minister of Emmanuel Churches in Westbury. Um, this last year, he's been dying of cancer. And it came about very fast and very violently. And I remember speaking to somebody, a member of his congregation, and they said, this is such a horrendous situation. I, I wish he'd just sort of, almost I wish he would get over, you know, just get on with dying and go and be with Jesus. Um, and, you know, this violent cancer that was reeking through his body. But he didn't die. He hasn't died. And God has healed him completely of all the cancer. This is a, an absolute miracle You know, the good people of Emmanuel were praying that God would heal him. And he has. He has been literally dragged from the jaws of death. And they're all a bit confused because they were expecting him to die. And what do you do when you think someone's going to die? You know, it's it's like, you know, he's been given this new life and this whole new start. And the church has been really struggling. They've been suffering with him as he's been dying. And they've been walking, you know, down the valley of the shadow of death. But God has done this a miracle and pulled Mike Cain from the jaws of death and healed him. 
They prayed for a different reality to the one that was unfolding before their eyes. And they got it. It's a stupendous miracle. It's taken them all by shock. God has not let Mike go just yet. But even when Mike eventually does die, he will not be abandoned because God will take him to be with him. And the same is true for all of us that trust in Jesus. There is a place prepared for us with Jesus. So we don't need to fear death because we're going to be with Jesus after we die. So there's hope for us even after death and we can share this hope. So this is both reassuring to us and we can trust God because we have assurance from him. If he saves us from whatever is killing us, then we can live on, on our earth. But if he doesn't do that, we can go to be with him forever. We can rest in hope either way. So we have We have presence from God. We have assurance that he will be with us and he is going to take care of us in life or death. And we move to our third point, which is guidance. And we see this um, where it says in verse 28, you have made known to me the paths of life. Now, Peter speaks through the psalm and he reminds us that God wants to guide us. You have made known to me the paths of life. One of the toughest things we have to face in life is difficult situations and what do we do with them? Now this week, I've been on retreat and the toughest decision I had to make was a decision between which of the best ice creams. Was it Purbeck or New Forest ice cream? Um, It's a difficult decision. I I suggest that you all go down there and try and make this decision. Um, The Purbeck ice cream was amazing, but the New Forest ice cream had white chocolate ice cream with brownie pieces. Um, so I think that one had my, had my vote, to be honest. Um, but this wasn't a hard choice. This was fun. You know, it was a choice between copious amounts of frozen cream and chocolate or copious amounts of frozen cream and chocolate. You know, you don't need any help to decide those kind of things, do you? You can make that for yourself. But in life, there are many much harder decisions to make. I remember the first time I had to make a big decision was which university should I go to? Um, I'd spent a whole year looking through all the options, reading the prospectuses, and then I'd applied and I'd put my first choice and my second choice and and I was all ready to go. And then it came to A-level day and I failed to get the grades that I needed. So all that preparation in the past was just wiped out in one, one piece of paper that said you don't get the right grades. So then I suddenly got into something called clearing, which means you then, it's, it's, it's kind of like a lottery, isn't it? You suddenly have to put your hand into the, into the um, lucky dip and go, oh, what have I been offered now? No, no, can't take that. I'll take this. What about this? What about this? And I literally had moments to decide which university to go to. I was offered, being offered places and goodness knows what was happening. Um, and I didn't know what to do. I was 18 years old. I had no experience of anything. And I had to make a decision that was going to affect the next three years of my life. And previously to that, you know, the, the most important decision I'd ever had to make was which outfit I was going to wear to school or something ludicrous like that, which A-levels, you know, it wasn't anything um, as massive as that. So I had to pray. And I remember I was at Greenbelt Festival and I went to the prayer tent and I said, I need help. I have to decide today which university I'm going to and what course I'm going to do and I don't have a clue and I went into the prayer tent and I prayed and then I came out and I made a decision and I based it because I thought this is this is God's guidance I I have no idea what to do Um, and I guess we can all talk about times when we've seen God's guidance in our lives when we literally you know you've got two paths in front of you which do I do how do I do this 
God, you know, even day to day, you know, how do I raise my children? Or what, where, what country am I going to even live in? No, we have to, we make these decisions and we have to trust that God is going to guide us. But first of all, we do need to ask him to guide us, don't we? We need to say, God, please guide me in this situation. I genuinely want to do what you want me to do. So please help me. And I always say that God isn't like a maze. He's not going to go, ha ha, you, you tried to do what I wanted you to do and now you've missed it because you've done this. You know, if we're genuinely seeking out God, I genuinely want your help, then he's going to help us. He loves us. He wants to help us. Um, how do we know what is the right way? Well, I often find the niggling sense is often the guidance of God. You know, um, Last week I was booking my retreat. I felt like I should book three nights. But because of other people and this, that and the other inconvenience, I only booked two nights. But then on the last day of my retreat, um, I was all ready to go and you know, kind of had it in my mind, today's the day I'm leaving. I realised that actually it was a train strike. Um, long story short, but I thought this train strike was on Wednesday, but apparently it was on Friday and Saturday as well, which I hadn't been aware of. Um, and so I didn't know what to do, and I thought, well, I should probably stay, but then I don't know if I've got the money, and I don't know how to get home, and all of this kind of thing. And then I just thought, no, I think God's saying I need to stay an extra night. So I said, okay, I'm going to stay the extra night. And then after that, um, somebody offered me a lift home, door to door, so I didn't have to worry about the trains. And then, because I cancelled my train fare, I then had some money to go out for a meal and all these kind of things. God just kind of took care of all of those things. It was a kind of a bit of a panic because I thought, I'm, you know, am I going to have to phone Sean and say, could you drive five hours you know, there and back so you can come and collect me? You know, I had options, but God gave guidance and he gave me help to do the things that I needed to do. Every time I've needed to make a big decision and submitted myself to God and asked him to help me, he has never failed me. And I've always made good decisions with him. You know, I'm happy to help you guys to do the same as well if, you, if you're questioning things. The best thing is that when we feel that guidance from God, we can trust whatever the outcome is, even if the consequences aren't always what we might expect. Um, we were, um, a few years ago, we were called to live um, in the area that we lived in London. And when tragedy struck us there, the fact was that I held on to the fact that God called us there, even though things were very, very difficult. And I didn't go, oh God, why did you call me to this terrible time? I said, God, because I know that you called me here, I can hold on to you because I know that I'm in the right place. And even though this terrible thing is happening, I know that you have called me. And so therefore, there must be a reason for me to be here. And as we see with Esther, you know, um, we, were, we felt like we were God's people in that place at such a time as this. You know, and Esther was saying, if I perish, I perish, but I'm called for such a time as this. Um, and we felt the same. So even when things are difficult and tragic, you can say, you know, I think God has called me here for such a time as this. Our fourth point today on my handy little slideshow um, is that God has joy for us in his presence. When we follow God's guidance, there is joy. You will fill me with joy in your presence, this um, scripture says on um, 28, second part. When we trust him that his presence is with us, we will have joy. When we trust him in all circumstances, there is joy. Now, I think people get confused between joy and happiness. Joy is not happiness. Happiness is like, hooray, Man City beat Man United in the FA Cup. <laughs> oh, I got sister there. Excellent. But that's happiness, isn't it, for some people? And obviously, 
deep sadness for others. But that, that kind of thing, that is just a, a happy moment. You have a happy moment, you say, yay, celebrate. You know, um, you know, I'm happy because my children got themselves up and dressed without too much effort today. I'm happy because the bus was on time or my favourite programme was on the radio. But joy is different. Joy is like a, a tattoo of happiness on our heart. Joy is knowing that even though things that are tough, that God is with us and he won't let us go. We get joy in the birth of a child. Or joy is... Um, uh, I thought about it. and um, <laughs> Happiness is when the speed camera doesn't flash, but joy is when it does and you don't get a ticket. <laughs> Maybe. Happiness is when you see a friend, but joy is when they tell you that they're engaged. Happiness is when you get a new job, but joy is when you get the job you've been longing for, for ages and working towards, you know? Joy is a lasting pleasure, whereas happiness is a more temporary state. And they're both good, but God brings us joy through the Holy Spirit. Now, today I promised you the answers to all of life's problems. So here we we have it. How do we access them? Well, we can sit in his presence and receive his peace. We trust him and we have assurance that he's with us and watching over us. And he won't leave us. And he will give us joy. His presence is all that we need. Peter went on to reaffirm all of this. And when they said to him, what should we do? What should we do? They were ready to respond. I will say to you the same as he said to them. Are you ready to respond? He said, repent and be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you may have done this a hundred times in your life. You may have done it a thousand. You may never have done it. But let's today receive once again the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray a prayer of repentance that we can all say in our hearts. And then I'm going to pray for the Holy Spirit to come again. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things that I have done wrong in my life. Let's just ask forgiveness. We've already been to the confession, but let's just do that again. Just ask God for forgiveness. Please forgive us now. We turn from everything that we know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for us so that we could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me personally forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. We now receive that gift. Please come into our lives by your Holy Spirit and be with us forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we just pray, come now, come fill us. And as we move into our communion service, Lord, I pray that you would be with us, that you would continue to come and fill us with your love, Lord. Fill us with your presence. Change our lives. Help us to become more like you. In Jesus' name. Amen.